Welcome back to the Dr. Body Mind Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Jude, and this is a podcast which explores how we can integrate modern medicine and alternative therapies to help you get the holistic health care that you deserve. I will be speaking to healers and seekers, researchers and authors who will share their experiences and the evidence to help guide us all to holistic health. Let's do this. I'm so excited to be welcoming Julie McCammon onto the podcast today to share her seeker story, a story she has beautifully and generously written about in her book, Finding Mystery Within. This book documents her journey after being diagnosed with post-viral fatigue syndrome while volunteering as a physiotherapist in Nepal to finding myofascial release years later, which totally transformed the relationship she has to herself her work, and the entire belief system of how the body works, both in illness and in health. So Julie, welcome. Hi, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out to me and sending me your book. It was a really fascinating read. And I think it would be good to set some context for how your deep healing journey began. You were a physio. Mm-hmm. Um, working within the health system in Northern Ireland. Can you tell us a little bit about what your life was like and then what happened when you went on your trip abroad? Yeah, well, I, I worked in the NHS for many years as a physiotherapist and then I set up in private practice and that was going really well, very successful. And so, yes, I worked just in a traditional setting, a musculoskeletal conditions mostly, And then I had a great opportunity to go out to Nepal to visit friends of mine that were working out there in a very remote hospital up in the foothills of the Himalayas. So it was quite a hike to get there and quite an experience. But I arrived and I started doing like basic physiotherapy teaching to the hospital staff in this hospital through an interpreter. And then about... 10 days after I arrived, I had this sudden, really severe headache just came out of nowhere. They had to medivac me out of the village, uh, down into Kathmandu, did a lumbar puncture uh, and diagnosed viral meningitis. But yeah, that started a long journey of like post-viral fatigue symptoms on and off for years. I always trying to juggle a work and family life with two young children. I went from like running five days a week to hardly being able to walk the dogs and was really struggling then to work as a physio. Obviously, the work is physical. And that's really where things started to change because I thought I'm going to have to stop working. And I loved my work. I loved treating patients and didn't want to give it up. So I did a bit of research and discovered myofascial release. And I'm curious to how the medical system, how the medical system managed you in that period of time, because I think now post-viral fatigue or post-viral symptoms are suddenly being recognized through in the aftermath of COVID-19. But it's my understanding that that they've been sort of dismissed as possibly psychosomatic in many cases. Um, And the link between 
viral illness and these fatigue symptoms have been definitely questioned at best and denied at worst. So can you explain a little bit about your journey as a patient within the Western medical system following the diagnosis or during the diagnostic period with post-viral fatigue syndrome? Yeah, well, initially I I was diagnosed with the post-viral fatigue and then I'm always quite a sort of stoic person and just kept pushing through. I'm not one to go to the GP a lot uh, unless I'm absolutely desperate. So I just kept pushing, you know, and eventually just kept hitting walls. I then eased back and then started to push again and just didn't listen to my body or my symptoms. Then eventually when I did really get to that point where I thought I was going to have to give up work, I went to the GP and they tried to tell me I was depressed. (laughs) And I knew I wasn't depressed because I did struggle a little bit with postnatal depression after my first child. So I knew what depression was like and I knew I wasn't depressed. They wanted to give me antidepressants, which I wasn't really keen to take. And then they eventually diagnosed me with a fibromyalgia. So again, I had treated so many patients that I felt of being misdiagnosed with fibromyalgia. So it was a label I refused to take. I, I just didn't want it. So that was when I started to search for something. Actually, I was searching for something that would be more gentle as a physio to deliver. I wasn't thinking about myself again. <laughs> I just thought I'll myofascial release is meant to be really gentle. It'll be a bit easier on my body. I'll be able to keep working as a physio. And that was what led me to find it. And I discovered a guy called John F. Barnes a, from America who had pioneered and developed myofascial release and he had been teaching it for over 40 years. So I'm always a great believer in going to the source. So I did a bit of a looking and discovered that he was running three courses back to back in Cincinnati where I have a really good friend who's a massage therapist. And I emailed her and I said, Sandy, have you heard of uh, this guy and this course? Is it any good? And she said, oh, I've heard amazing stuff about it. I was actually thinking of doing one of the courses. And I said, well, I'm going to come and do all three when I'm coming so far. So I went out and we actually both ended up doing all three because she was so fascinated by it as well. But yeah, we during that course, like we were obviously practicing on each other a lot. It was pretty intensive. Uh, John did demonstrations from the stage. So I also paid for like three private treatments while I was there with his assistant. And when I came home, I had no symptoms. Wow. Wow. So it made a dramatic difference to yeah. you personally. Personally, yeah. Now, before we go any further, for people who haven't heard of myofascial release, because I'll be honest, I hadn't until Mm -hmm. I read your book. Right. Can you explain exactly John F. Barnes's approach? What is myofascial release? How does it work? Myofascial release obviously works with the fascia in the body, which is a really strong connective tissue that goes throughout your entire body. It's a bit like a spider's web and it's layer upon layer upon layer. And each little tubule is filled with water and nutrients. It surrounds every cell in your body. 
like when I was training as a physio, I was told uh, that the fascia just wrapped around the muscles and it was unimportant packaging, you know, just push it out of the way and look at the muscle. But it goes through the muscle, you know, through every fiber, every cell uh, and through every organ in the body. And when fascia is healthy, it's nice and fluid filled and mobile uh, and viscous. But through trauma, which can be either emotional or physical trauma, it starts to solidify. And as it solidifies, it becomes incredibly strong and it creates a huge compressive force through your organs, your joints, your pain sensitive structures. And it really wreaks havoc in your body. And the treatment then is it's threefold. So there are structural releases where the therapist places their hands on the patient once they've found like uh, an area of fascia that has become solidified. Uh, it's a three-dimensional web. So you are, I do the treatment with my eyes closed so that I can really feel into the layers of fascia to exactly where the restriction is. And then you apply a very gentle, sustained stretch. And it's really important that that is held for at least four to five minutes uh, so that it's a permanent change in the structure of the fascia. If you only hold it for like two, three minutes, it just bounces back to exactly where it was before you put your hands on them. So that's the structural releases. And then there is unwinding, which because the fascia is continuous, sometimes you might be working, say, on the pelvis. And it's a bit like, you know, if you have a woolen jumper and you get a pluck in it and you pull it, it doesn't just pull where you're pulling, it pulls through the whole jumper and you can see it. So it's a bit like that in the fascial system. You might be working in one area and it starts to create a release or a pull elsewhere in the body. Uh, so sometimes during a treatment, uh, a patient's body might start to twitch or to, to move spontaneously. And that's just the fascia getting a better release through the whole system. Uh, and then there's also a third uh, component called rebounding, which is a it's it's really where you rock the body and it helps to increase the fluidity of the whole fascial system. So that's really the three fold approach of a John F. Barnes myofascial release. But it's never forced. That's the big thing. Uh, you only go at the speed that the body allows you in. I'm so fascinated by this focus on fascia, because as you say, in the Western paradigm, the actual properties of the fascia itself, rather than just the function of the fascia, just to mm -hmm. compartmentalize, is really not considered at all. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to Dr. Dan Keown on a previous episode of the podcast, who was an who's an emergency physician who's become a Chinese medical acupuncture expert. Mm -hmm. And he also has really, really focuses on fascia. So in, in terms of the Chinese system as well, fascia is considered the life force of the body, such an important um, independent structure so it really feels like there's something there to be learned. And I remember reading in your book, not only did you experience a profound shift in your physical symptoms, it seemed like you also had some profound emotional shifts. Yeah, well, definitely when I went on the 
seminars, I the first few days I was really uncomfortable because there were a lot of people having like emotional releases. It was very loud. It was messy. And for me, like as a physiotherapist, that was totally alien to me. But I couldn't deny it because I could feel like little bits of emotion coming up in myself whenever someone was practicing a technique on me. For example, there was a couple of different examples, but somebody was doing like a zoas release in my abdomen, eh, which is pretty deep, uncomfortable release because the zoas is a muscle basically at the front of your back, but the only way you can get at it is through your abdomen. So someone was doing a release on me there. And I, as I really tried to soften into it, because the worst thing you can do is brace against it, because then you're just tightening your fascia everywhere. So you just try to really soften into any discomfort. And I literally felt like someone was pulling my teeth. I got the most intense pain in my jaw and I felt like my teeth were being pulled out. And afterwards, like I'm not one to speak up in front of a room of 100 people. But I thought, I can't let this like just go. There's something going on here. So I asked John, I said, John, how come when she was working on my stomach, like I literally felt like my jaw was about to break or my teeth were coming out. And he said, have you had any dental surgery or oral surgery? And I had all four wisdom teeth out when I was in final year at university. Plus, I actually had a tumor in the roof of my mouth, which was quite extensive and had a lot of surgery there and skin flap to replace the hole and stuff like that. So I explained that to him and he said, well, Julie, he said what was going on was it's a thing called tissue memory where the tissues in your mice were basically remembering the trauma of the surgery and I was going like what (laughs) so they explained you know there are scientifically researched stories of tissue memory for example in a someone who's received a heart transplant a there's that really famous story of the two children a one child was a unfortunately murdered a and they decided the parents decided to donate the organs and the heart was a replaced in a younger child and the family the recipient family knew nothing about the story of the donor family and a few months later the recipient child started to have really vivid nightmares with such clarity that she was able to give a description of the attacker and that person was charged and convicted on that evidence. So our bodies are amazing, way beyond our understanding. And we do hold memories in our tissues, as that saying that you said, the issues in the tissues. (laughs) The issues are in our tissues. Yeah, Yeah. that's really, really fascinating. It sounds quite out there. Yeah. And difficult for our minds to get wrapped around this sort of concept. But when you hear stories like that, it really sort of illustrates like how how powerful that can be. But even from a structural perspective, as you're talking about myofascial release and the threefold aspect to it, my mind was sort of traveling around thinking about, well, the memory that the tissues the, the, fa- the fascia has around scarring, you know, mm-hmm. so it, the, the fascia is going, is, takes on very different qualities yes. once it's been physically traumatized and then 
heals with scar tissue, it does become a lot more stiff and scarred. So even from a physical point of view, the memory, I guess, within the new tissue from that surgery is, I'm sort of seeing the relationship there around the the pulling um, elsewhere, because as you said, the fascia is a continuous structure, which is connected to everything. Mm -hmm. So even for those of us who find it really challenging to take on information such as the body holding emotional memories, even Mm -hmm. physical trauma is, is can be an easier way to sort of get into the myofascia yeah. working in this way. And I'm really interested in the emotional component um, through which you went through yourself, because as you said before, it can be really difficult for us, especially being British, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. which as a culture mm-hmm. finds it emotional expression difficult. Yeah, I think definitely a part of my culture, you know, growing up in Northern Ireland uh, during the height of the Troubles, you just, you did push through, you shoved everything down and you just got on with it. Uh, so a lot of that uh, came out whenever I was getting treatment. Yes. So so you noticed that a lot of the emotions that you had buried yes. in your childhood, yeah. which actually was fairly traumatic, um, both within your household, but also within your immediate environment, which is, which yeah. is, you know, in a war, you sort of, I guess, as a survival mechanism, had just buried that move forward, which we all do to some extent. We have to as children because we mm-hmm. are not in control of our environments so many, mm-hmm. so much of the time. But when those traumas are not fully released, they get stuck within the body and I'm really hearing through your book that myofascial release allowed you to revisit and release some of that stored trauma is that right would you say yeah yeah like I think fear definitely solidifies in our body in in the fascia and as I said because it's incredibly strong it really wreaks havoc in your body uh, and I didn't, I suppose, training as a physio again in the Western uh, sort of world. I'd never heard about mind-body connection. You know, it was never mentioned uh, 30 years ago when I was training. Uh, so that it was all pretty new to me. But I really could, I really started to see, you do become aware of where you brace, you know, when you're nervous or when you're fearful about something or anxious, you you really do become more aware of where in your body, because where I do it in my body will be different from where you do it in your body, you know, where we brace. And as we continually tighten and brace, it causes the fascia to solidify. And like, for example, I do hold a lot of tension in my jaw. I, I clench at night if I'm a, and you do it subconsciously, like I'm sleeping, but I wake up in the morning if I know I have something to do the next day like this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I know that I've been clenching through the night, you know, so it's just about being aware of where you brace in your body and just trying to let it go, trying to let it soften because with awareness comes choice. So if you're aware of where you brace in your body, then you have a choice to keep bracing or to let go. 
where there's awareness, there is choice. Yeah. That's a big line of John Barnes's. <laughs> That's what awareness affords us. That's the beauty of awareness. It's always the first step. Yeah. You know, it's becoming aware of our patterns. In this case, our the physical patterns, like how our body reacts. Um, but also there's so many emotional patterns and so many um, psychological patterns that we have set up on repeat. And until we become aware of them, they will just rule the roost um, mm-hmm. in the way that they always have. Yeah. But awareness does give us the option, the sort mm-hmm. of at the moment that we can say, oh, I recognize this. What do I want to do here? Yeah. And if we can catch it in time. So you started to really ease into this new way of working because of the profound effect it had on you for your body. Mm -hmm. Can you, you know, you went from not being able to walk the dogs. Would you say that it brought you back to yourself? Like, how would you describe, like, how how did myofascial release really help you? Well, when I got home, I, I just immediately noticed the difference in the brain fog. You know, I just felt I had much more mental clarity. I could concentrate better. And the fatigue definitely wasn't as bad. Like I definitely could do more immediately. And it had been a pretty intense sort of two and a half weeks learning. And, you know, potentially that could have been absolutely exhausting and totally wiped me for months. But definitely when I came home, those were the biggest immediate changes and then I gradually I was able to you know walk the dogs every day and maybe even join a gym you know I just I definitely was able to do a lot more pretty quickly really I really felt quite a dramatic difference and just just to give our listeners like some idea of like time frames are we talking weeks are we talking months like how long did it take you to get back to walking the dogs every day, going to the gym, work? Probably about a month, a month and a half. Oh, wow. Right. So you noticed the shift six weeks later, you were really starting to feel different in your body. You were showing up in your life in a, with, with much more energy and clarity. Yeah. What happens next? Well, I started to try to introduce it a little bit into my work. Uh, which was really hard because people in Northern Ireland are very traditional and sort of untrusting of something new. But I would do my traditional treatment that I was uh, doing with my patients. And then I would say to them, look, I've learned this new technique in America. I'm just going to add in one or two little stretches at the end of treatment just to see how you go with it. So I just did it really gradually and I was blown away. Like, do I know how to do this? You know, because it's so new and it's so different. Like I'm used to in a traditional physio setting, I'm used to forcing, manipulating, you know, a person to get what I want a result wise. But this was like totally you had to step back and you had to listen to the body. You had to go at the body's pace. You had to go really gently. You never force and you really had to feel what was happening beneath your hands. And that was all very different. So the, the patients would be lying there thinking, what is she actually doing? Because it's so gentle, you have to sink, sink in through the layers of skin and the superficial layers of fascia. 
and then you find the resistance and then you very gently take up the slack and then you wait there until the fascia starts to soften and then you go into it a little bit more. So it's a very gentle, gradual process. And I know my patients weren't used to that. So of course they were sort of thinking, what is she actually doing? But I was blown away by my patients would come back in the next week and say, whatever you did, I, it's unbelievable. I feel so much better, you know, so they wanted it. So it was quite quick that I'd say about 80% of my patients wanted it for the whole hour, you know, rather than traditional stuff. And now it's what I do all the time. I actually ended up selling my practice because it was in a busy sort of retail place with a coffee shop next door, other therapists working in the other treatment rooms. So if someone felt like an emotional release, there was no way they were going to let it out uh, with everything going on around them. Then I set up a lovely garden room at home and I just work at home because now my patients can totally let go if there's something they want to let go of. You're never forced though, you know, so it's, they feel safe and uh, it's such a lovely place to work because I worked in a room with no daylight for 15 years and now I'm working in a garden room with a big tree and the birds and yeah, I just, I love it. So there's been a lot of changes, yeah, but all for the better. Well, I mean, we we know there's so much research around the effect nature has on us therapeutically. And I really would love you to explain to me and our listeners about the mind-body connection and how you how myofascial release links those two systems. Yeah. Well, I think so often when we get pain or symptoms in our body, we tend to see them as markers of pathology rather than our body basically calling us home into even more wholeness. I I feel that pain uh, in particular, it's an invitation to listen to your body. And so often we don't. So often we're so in our heads, caught up in our thoughts and our thinking that we ignore our bodies. And I think I'm learning to listen to my body whisper rather than having to hear it scream. I love that. I love that. Did you feel a sense of judgment from the system you were in, from members of your own family, like from yourself? And, and if so, like, how did you overcome them? I don't think I did feel a huge amount of judgment. I, I probably did a little bit from fellow physios who sort of thought, what is she talking about? Or she's gone a bit woo-woo. But I think my family saw the difference in me immediately, like my husband especially and my mum saw such a difference in me, not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, that they couldn't deny it. And they've been very supportive. So, so yeah, like, it's funny because my son is actually a doctor (laughs) and he probably thinks I'm totally woo-woo. But every time he's at home, he'll still say, mom, where are you going to treat me? (laughs) You know, so he does enjoy the treatments. But yeah, no, I, I think I don't feel overly judged. 
privileged, so I can't sort of really answer that. But yeah, that's really nice to hear. That's actually really nice to hear. That, that's really nice to hear. I think if I'd been in the NHS, that would have been a very different ball game. I think I, because I was running my own practice mm-hmm. already, I, I think that made the transition for me a bit easier. It still was a big decision. Like a lot of people did think I was mad selling a thriving practice, a, you know, to, to move just to work from home for myself sort of thing. So, but I've absolutely no regrets doing that. I know that was the right thing to do. Well, I think the medical system needs needs to know more about the options that are available for mm-hmm. treating patients with chronic pain because the options we have are so limited yeah. that we uh, that, that we run out of options very quickly. And yet there are people like you throughout our communities mm-hmm. who deal with this all of the time successfully. This is a very core motivator for me, for a driver for me, and um, with the start of my new project, um, The Witchy Woman, um, and this podcast, is to really educate us all, the medical establishment included, to the options that are available out with the Western medical system so that we are able to refer mm-hmm. our patients to healers such as yourselves in the communities that really can manage things so much more effectively. So I'm very grateful that you have given me um, and our listeners another healing modality that we can add to our tool belts when we are presented with patients who are really struggling with chronic pain, chronic fatigue. It's so important. So... And for p- the patients out there who are struggling and don't know where else, don't know where to turn, what would you say to them about who myofascial release may be really good for? There is a, a link on that myofascialrelease.co.uk. A, there's a list of practitioners. So that'll have like a list of MFR therapists in the UK. Now, some people don't register for that because it costs money so there are others as well so uh, i'm sure if you googled myofascial release therapist in the area now there is a there are a lot of physios out there that say they do myofascial release but it's not the true myofascial release which is is hard to maybe decipher who does what if anyone's trained with john personally then there are a lot of uk physios that have gone over and done you know a few courses with john and then maybe do the rest of their training with through mfr uk a which is fantastic training as well so i'd say if they've if anyone has trained with john or ruth and linda then you're in safe hands and john's a myofascialrelease.com i think it is in America, he has a therapists all over America and Canada as well. So he's a page of uh, practitioners as well. So those are two resources to to find someone maybe near to you. Yeah, great. That's really, really useful. I'll put both of those websites in the show notes for anyone who's interested. Is there a regulatory body um, for myofascial release practitioners? Well, it depends on your profession, you know, like uh, because I'm a physio, I'm under the CSP and the HPCP. Uh, and then it depends if if you're a massage therapist, then you're under their professional body. So there's not a specific one for myofascial release. It depends. You have to have a license to touch before you can train as a myofascial release practitioner. 
gotcha. So normally it's accessed by people who already have been trained under a different umbrella. Yes. Yes. That to their um, yes. Add that string to their bow, um, yeah. just to make sure you're getting someone who has been adequately trained. Yes, sounds like by going onto the websites myofficialrelease.co.uk or myofficialrelease.com, mm-hmm. a good place to start to make sure that you're really going to, to get um, true myofascial release. Um, yeah, I think John's is actually John S. Barnes myofascial release. Yeah. So John F. Barnes, my fashion release, super. Well, Julie, that's been really, really so informative. I'm so, so grateful um, for you in reaching out to me. I just want to let all the listeners know, Julie just reached out to me on Instagram and wanted to share her story. So I'm really inviting anyone who has a secret story, which I'm terming as a story through their own health struggle, Mm -hmm. that I would love to share with our community here because I think that our personal journeys um, can be so powerful in uh, communicating to others that they're not alone, that there are options. Some may work for you. Some may not work for you, but just getting, um, just getting a sense of what is out there and what's helped others can really make us all feel less alone and, and, and guided to perhaps the treatment that may work. For, for you if you're going through something that the medical profession or the Western system just really cannot cannot treat, which there are many conditions under those umbrellas. So thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for writing your book and for explaining so eloquently what myofascial release is. I'm really thankful for that. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I actually really enjoyed it, even though I was nervous. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Body, Mind, Soul Seekers. If you want to connect with trusted alternative therapists, learn more about what they do and how they can help you, check out my new holistic healthcare platform, The Witchy Women. Or if you are a holistic healer that wants to serve and help more people, book in a discovery call with me. Find more details at thewitchywomen.com. To show your support for this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Thank you all so much. Until next time.